0: Tuesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. We are glad you're with us, and uh, we hope that you had a uh, relaxing weekend. Coming back from whatever it is you did, hopefully you remembered what the weekend was all about uh, at some point and uh, said thanks to maybe somebody that was a veteran or somebody in the military. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, a good weekend had by all. At least uh, the weather cooperated for the most part. Saturday was a little bit iffy. But uh, beyond that, it was uh, was a nice Friday, it was a nice Sunday, it was a nice Monday, and uh, had a, had a good time over the weekend. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm great, Bill.
1: I, I I'm tremendous. Yeah, got a little sun, maybe a little too much sun, but you know I'm okay. I, I'm in the early stages of getting less pale, so it's uh, <laughs> I would say it's challenging to start, and then it gets easier
0: as the day goes along, but. No, I, I I had a great weekend. The weather was unbelievable. It was it was really good. Uh I can't complain about the weekend. Uh yesterday, I tell you what, it was it was a whirlwind because we were up north, we were down south, we were all over the place. Uh got on the motorcycle a little bit. Um you know, Friday we ended up leaving the uh War Memorial and packed up the car and headed up north, got up to uh, Pembine and did uh, did the bar downstairs at Pembine. Probably had a little bit too much, but uh, that was okay because we weren't driving anywhere. Uh, so the next morning, left the island and went down to Peshtigo, down to our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery, which is a fantastic place. Uh, I never... Uh, first of all, we were going to go down and do some wine tasting. They got to have like 30 different types of wine. Uh, and I think we tasted them all. <laughs> so so and we bought more than a few bottles, so we brought some home with us. But uh, they do a lot of cool stuff, and there was some music, and they had some food that they were serving, and uh, really cool. And they went back uh, to his friend's house, uh, which uh, our friend Barb uh, in Peshtigo who works with uh, F- uh, Four Seasons, uh, and I shattered my tooth. So one of the uh, one of the teeth that I had had a temporary cap put on. And the post underneath it and such, uh, I shattered it. And I bit into a, like a, I, I don't know even know what I was eating. But I bit into something and it tasted sandy. It was like really weird. It was gra- grainy. And sure enough, I shattered my tooth. So from Saturday morning until this morning at 6 a.m., I lived with this just shard, this sharp shard of tooth, which completely shredded my tongue over the weekend. However, I still had a good time. We uh we ended up going to uh we came home on Sunday. We we drove home to three hours, jumped on the motorcycle, went back up an hour away to Grafton, uh on the back roads to a birthday party, and then drove back home that night and then yesterday went down to Lake Geneva down to Fontana where we went down to the Abbey Resort and hung by the pool all day and didn't do a damn thing. So that was the weekend. Did you play any golf? I did. I don't know how many
1: people care about the ongoing saga that is my golf experiences on weekends, but, (laughs) Bill, it it is safe to say that uh, the swing is back. I'm almost completely back.
0: Now, when you say back, is it back to good or back to bad?
1: Back to good. Like back to I was more than competent and I feel tremendous.
0: Okay. Gotcha. I'm just just checking because sometimes when you say it's back, that means it's back to being bad. And uh, we have we have witnessed that frequently. No,
1: I'm so. talking like Michael Jordan posts the letter, like message from Michael Jordan. I'm
0: back. Okay, level back. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good news. Uh, so there you go. So uh, Ben's game is back. I uh, I'm hoping to get out and swing a club at some point this week because I have um, uh, I got the the golf outing slash cigar dinner coming up on Monday out at uh, Ironwood in Sussex. So, and I have not swung a club yet this year. I got to get out and do it. Uh, so I at, yeah, at some point I got to I got to do something about this. But uh but that's yeah. I got to got to see if I can at least swing a But the nice thing is is that it's just uh 9 holes. So if I'm playing really well, I can walk away feeling good. If I'm playing really bad, I can say, well, I'm only bailing after nine holes. I don't have to sustain this agony through 18 at this point. So at least I I can play nine holes, get it in, see how I'm doing, and then kind of go from there. So looking forward to that. Uh, Other than that, hopefully all of you had a good weekend as well. Uh, Again, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. You can find us over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels or at Ben Z. Kenny. Uh, Find us over on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash uh, The Bill Michael Show, Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. You can find us there as well. You can also uh, track us down on YouTube. Uh, Appreciate it when you look and subscribe on YouTube. You can find us over there. Uh, and pay attention also, uh, by simply going to facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels show, uh, YouTube, uh, you can find us at youtube.com slash Bill Michael show and same over on Twitch TV. You can email the program, the Michaels at gmail.com. And don't forget, always find us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and on Google podcasts. After the fact, uh, Rick says, enjoy the winery tour. I did. Um, it was the winery to uh, the forgotten fire winery uh, first of all it it's an amazing story it, and they really aren't snooty or it, it's interesting when you talk to people who like wine there's some people who like wine as connoisseurs they can taste the oaks and the tannins and all the different things in the wine and you know it's it's red wine and meats and white wines and fishes and, you know, and, and certain things you do and don't do. And, oh, my God, if you put ice in a glass of wine and it's it's sacrilege and, you know, and these people are like, look, here's our shelf. We've won awards. They've had a Merlot or some red wines that they've taken out to California and they've won. You know, they're, they won. I mean, they can come back and pound their chest over that. And they go, yeah, our wines are right up there with everybody else's, you know. But they, these are the guys and girls uh, Chris and Melissa are the owners and uh, Jake is the uh, winemaker. They, they don't care. Just go enjoy it. If you like it, great. Go drink it however you want to drink it. You want to put seven up in it, put seven up in it. They don't care. They literally are the fun in a bottle group and they make wine that they'll tell you, here, buy four bottles, drink this bottle today and then this bottle in, in four months or three months or six months or whatever. And then say, and it's only going to get better over time. And there's a, there's a peak to wine. You go through the whole wine tasting thing of what you like and you don't like. And then they've got these ciders. Uh, they've got this cinnamon, uh, brown sugar cider wine that's got a carbonation to it. Oh, my God, was that good. I brought home growlers of that stuff. So it really is a cool place. Forgotten Fire Winery. It's up in Peshtigo. And uh, it was in the history of the winery. Like like Jake, who's the winemaker, started out digging post holes. He was in construction helping them build the building and became friends with the owners, and then they kind of figured out how to make wine, and we're making better wine, and we're making it at home, and then started making it in these big vats. And now there's a science to it and goes through the school, and, and now he's got all these wines, and there's, they're fantastic. So uh, we really, really enjoyed the winery tour. So I, I would highly recommend just stopping in, Going through a tasting, they've got a great little, it's almost like a bar. This bar out front, these wine barrel tables and these bar stools and these chairs, and you sit down and you relax and you have a glass or two, and and then you just figure out what you like and you take it home. It's it's just really cool stuff. So, yes, Rick, thank you for asking. I absolutely loved and enjoyed the winery tour up there, Forgotten Fire Wines. Um, so the big stuff over the weekend um, you could look at the Brewers. You could say, well, the Brewers not only did they get a couple of wins over the Cubs, uh, but they did it with some young arms, which was great to see. Smalls come in and pitch extremely well, which was a, a breath of fresh air because you were kind of biting your nails when you heard that Woodruff went down. Now, the good news for Woodruff is that it's an ankle sprain. Because I I all of a sudden I looked up. I was watching a game, and I was, you know, I was watching what was going on. And I looked up, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait, wait, what? what? Why? Why is Woodruff leaving?" And they didn't have the sound up in the bar, so I didn't get a chance to hear. So then you come to find out, um, you know, Woodruff's going to the IL, and you know he's got the uh, the, the ankle, the 15 day IL with a right high ankle sprain, a right. Now, you hope that he misses two starts. That's it. He suffered the injury on Friday night at St. Louis when he pitched four innings and a loss. He's 5-3, and three, 474 ERA in nine games this season. He's had on-again, off-again um, success. But it, it just... It, for, don't forget Freddie Peralta went on the 15-day IL on my, uh, May 23rd. Had that right posterior shoulder strain. Um, but Woodruff was experiencing some pain when he was throwing. And Next thing you know, it's a high ankle sprain. Now, Ben, did you ever see a a video or a replay or a highlight of him twisting the ankle? No.
1: What I read was that he kind of tweaked it when warming up for the fifth inning.
0: So, because I never saw any video of this, I'm thinking, did he fall down the stairs? Is there something we didn't know about? You know, because he looked okay in the first four innings. And all of a sudden... He was he was laboring, and now they call it a high ankle sprain. Which a high ankle that's difficult. High ankle sprain. It's not like you just roll your ankle and you, you know, walking down a step or something. High ankle sprains a little different, and it's painful. Sometimes if you get a severe high ankle sprain, you'd rather break your leg than have a severe high ankle sprain because it just hurts. It's painful. So I I I would. I would love to know the details as to exactly what happened and how this came about, but he just he he just said, "I don't think it's going to be a a long month long deal or anything." I am just hoping it's going to be a couple of weeks, and I, I get back out there and I'll have the rest uh, of these first couple of days and let everything else calm down. But they just they just said it was a high ankle sprain. Weird, just another weird facet to the pitching staff this season. But they continue to plug away. So that's the good news is that, yeah, he went on the the IL, but it, it doesn't appear to be something where he, like, rolled it over or he was trying to cover first base and rolled it on the base and then fell down to where it looked like it snapped, but it didn't, and it's a really severe high ankle sprain. This looked like it was just when he came down on it, something just tweaked. And like he said, maybe, quote, it'll calm down. So hopefully that's all it is for Woodruff, but... Uh, the Brewers uh, just plugging right along. They pick up two again yesterday, two again yesterday against the Chicago Cubs. Brewers right now four games up on the Cardinals, thirty-two and eighteen. The fourteen games over five hundred on the season. Uh, the Cubs sig- is sitting there at twelve games back now, nineteen and twenty-nine. Cincinnati sixteen and thirty-one. Uh, and by the way, Cincinnati still with the absolute worst record in Major League Baseball. Uh, Although the Royals are giving them a run for their money because I believe the Royals are now 16 and 31 too, if I read that correctly this morning, but I'd have to go back and look. But Cincinnati stinks. So uh, they're still four games up on the Cardinals, which is all you can ask for at this point. Brewers have now won three in a row. They split with the cards, get over the Cubs, back at it again tonight. Good to go. Good to go. 877-867-1671, 877-867-1671, hit us up. Please feel free to go ahead and do so. Rick says uh, high ankle sprains, they don't heal fast. No, you're right. They don't. They don't heal fast. But if it's not a roll or something, then it can be just a couple of weeks. But if he rolled that thing over, then it's probably a month. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of three weeks, which is probably going to be two, three starts for him that he'll end up missing. That's kind of what I'm, I'm looking at. We'll wait and see what actually happens, though. So if you want to give us a shout, feel free. Uh, If you want to chime in, go ahead. Uh, Packers back at it it when it comes to the OTAs. The match coming up tomorrow night. The finals are now set in the NBA, and the Bucs have lost an assistant. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Right, long run, Tyrone Taylor, and it is going to be caught. Yes, an unbelievable catch by Tyrone Taylor.
0: And Tyrone Taylor, lift off, deep left, and gone. One pitch from Hughes, and it's in the bleachers.
1: Yeah, I mean that catch was that was a heck of a play too. That that's the other play that kind of gets us gets us out of an inning, and then the homer to give us some. some breathing room, had a a wonderful day, and he's had a wonderful road trip.
0: Welcome back to the program, Bill Michaels Show. We continue on, and uh, what a weekend it was. Uh, Brewers get a couple of wins. Tyrone Taylor gets uh, gets his name out there more than a few times. They sweep the Cubs, fly the L on a deuce, on a deuce, and uh, they're back at it again this evening. Uh, Anytime you beat the Cubs is a good thing. Would you consider, Ben, uh, are the Cubs or the Cardinals the primary rival of the Brewers now? Uh, Well, Ebo is right next to me. It's
1: the Cubs! I know Ebo's thoughts. He is is a big anti-Cub guy. I feel like just because of how good they are, like the thing about baseball, I feel like as years go by, minus Red Sox-Yankees, you kind of have rivalries develop based on who competes for the division. So I I feel like it's the Cardinals because because they're the other team that could go and beat the Brewers for that. The Cubs aren't really a threat. It's kind of like beating up on little brother at this point.
0: Yeah, it's uh, see, my thought is. I it's the Cubs. That's that's my thought. And I I agree with Ebo in that sense, because we just can't stand Cubs fans. I had my complete fill. And not all Chicago people are bad. Let me say that because I ran into a couple of people up at uh, Four Seasons over the weekend and they were just tremendous people. Um, they were really nice. They were fun and they're from Illinois. Uh, but then you go down to Lake Geneva, down to Fontana and it was a, an S show. It, 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 it just, you just understand the difference in Wisconsinites and values versus. Chicagoans and character, or lack thereof. And so that I, I completely, it was just like two different worlds. So Cubs fans overtaking Miller Park and singing Go Cubs Go and all that kind of stuff, that is kind of the the we can't stand you with the little brother complex. I get it. But I agree with you when it comes to actual competitiveness. It's, it's the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been more the mainstay. In the last decade, even though the Cubs have had some good teams and the Cubs have had some playoff appearances, the team... Now, we don't hate the... Had Tony La Russa stayed with with St. Louis, we we would hate the Cardinals with more of a passion. But their fans aren't nearly as obnoxious. Their fans are um, more blue-blood thinking they're the elite of the elite when it comes to their place in history, and they are the what they consider to be the National League version of the New York Yankees. Um, Cincinnati fans, they're just happy to to have some wins under their belt, and they still live off of the Big Red Machine and then the years of Lou Piniella. But since then, they haven't done anything. Their, their franchise is a shambles. Pittsburgh, you go back to We Are Family, since then, pretty much mired and sucked them they're just they're just they're they're pathetic. So Cubs fans because of their recent success in their World Series, the the level of arrogance has gone up and the fact that they love to come here because it's a short drive and it's so much cheaper than going to Wrigley, that's the reason they infiltrate here and we hate it. And we I've always said if you don't want them to come here, buy up the tickets and don't sell them. But we make we make money off of them. So that's the reason we do what we do. So I think rivalry-wise, when it comes to dislike, I think we dislike the Cubs and the Cubs fans more than we do the Cardinals and the Cardinals fans because there is that we're only 80-something miles away and we are the stepchild to what is considered a big city. Uh, but when it comes to baseball rivalry, it's really the Brewers and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals feel that the Cubs are their rival as well because that's always been a rivalry. But I think for us, competitive balance-wise, it's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. I, I think I would almost I would almost effort that I mean in reality but uh, I have to go with the the gut saying my the, the rivalry that because even the the Reds hate the Cardinals because of got here Molina going back to the Brandon Phillips fight uh, whereas the Reds fans hate Cubs fans I mean hate them because they do the same thing at Great American that they because really Great American's not a bad drive either. You, if you're on the south side of Chicago, you can get to. Then again, you're probably a White Sox fan, but you can get to Cincinnati in three and a half, four hours tops, and it's cheaper there too, being a smaller city. So, they infiltrate that place as much as they do here at to American Family Field as well. So, I, I think they hate them too. Cubs fans are universally hated. <laughs> I think that's the that's the that's the thought. They went from being a lovable, lovable losers. To the arrogant winners, back to the lovable losers who are living as an arrogant winner, and they don't know where the hell they're at when it comes to uh, society within baseball. If that's a great way to describe it, eight five five or eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Is that a good way to put it, Ben? Yeah, I mean,
1: I was with a bunch of them all weekend, and I can confirm. I I can't say they have much hope with the team right now. That might be why they're now quiet. I can but, confirm. Oh yes, I I completely confirm. <laughs> But I feel I like to what you were saying earlier, I feel like my most hated team and say my biggest rival are not always the same. Right, You're talking within the exactly, so yes. Cubs will always be
0: the most hated. But the then most hated,
1: yes. The Who is, a shot.
0: is is it is it the uh, the Phillies and the the Mets? Yes, because the Mets rival, fans right? the Mets fans
1: do the same exact thing. They drive down, except they're a little more I would say scumbaggy than than Cubs fans. And I guess I speak from mild experience in both settings. But, man, right. they, they drive down I-95 and, again, they, they fights. And then they blame Phillies fans for starting yep. the fights. Saw that video of the fan getting his phone thrown on the field a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, yeah, it's the Mets.
0: Now, when it comes to fan altercation, I have always said, going back to the days of the Brewers being in the American League, but it's kind of held over a little bit, uh, the, the, the Brewers and the C or the Brewers and the White Sox, that was a hell of a rivalry. But when it comes to fan altercation, I never, it's like whenever I've had a chance to witness and be at American Family Field, Cubs fans are obnoxious. They're drunk. They're partiers, you know, they spend a lot of money. Okay. They're obnoxious. And you're kind of like, ah, oh, God, I can't wait till they leave. Twins fans, they, they're like just looking for a fight. They come in and they just, it's i all the worst fights I've ever seen at American Family Field have all been between Brewers fans and Twins fans. Really? I, yeah. I don't know why. I would not expect that. I don't know why. And I saw a Twins fan beat the hell out of a girl at American Family Field once. Right out there when it was Fridays at Front Row. Going back some years. Like, just start wailing on a girl who gave him crap. He was wearing a Twins jersey, and he was kind of mouthing off. And and she said something to him. I don't know what she said. But this guy just clocked her, and down she went. And and, and the next thing you know, I mean, it was just, it, it was on. It was a melee. So, And it, it just so happened that it happened right in front of a cop. So the cop immediately arrested the guy. But uh, after that, it was just they had to settle things down because it was a melee after that. But every time I've seen a fight, it's always been a Twins fan involved. Uh, Jeff said, it sounds like Packers fans. Are you kidding me, Jeff? Are you kidding me? I don't think I've, uh, Packers fans are welcomed just from when I've traveled and years ago when I was traveling to a lot of games all the time, Packers fans, they were hated in the stadium because they took it over. They infiltrated it like Packers fans, like, like, like Cubs fans do. Uh and chanting the go pack go and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it that's annoying to to uh fans in the National Football League. But I never saw Packers fans get into fights. Packers fans are usually pretty cordial. And especially when incoming teams come to Lambeau Field. I mean, I'll tell you this, I have never heard of uh I've never I got nothing but praise. From other fans, from Denver fans, from Pittsburgh fans, from you you name it, Dallas fans, I have never heard anything but praise for, yeah, they give us a little bit of guff, but it's all in good, you know, ribbing type of thing, but what a great place, what a lot of fun, what great fans, I've never heard anything but that coming out of Lambeau Field.
1: Oh, have I told you my Packers story? So, no, go ahead. I mean, long story short, I, I went up to a game. It was Thursday night, Eagles at Packers a couple years ago, with, with my family, who are all from Philadelphia. And the environment in the stadium was perfect. It was amazing. We stayed after a bit. We watched the post-game show on Fox when they, they bring that whole setup. And as we walk right. out of the stadium, it's maybe an hour and a half to two hours after the game ended, there's a dude in big Packer overalls just shaking all of our hands as, as we walk the car. Saying enjoy your night, you know, enjoy our city. Really? It was it was the most gracious and courteous
0: environment I've ever been in. There you go. For those that want to know, there you go. That's all you needed to know. That's the way that that's for the most part what I've ever what I've heard coming out of Lambeau Field, experience wise. It's it's always been relatively gracious. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy, eight seven seven eight six seven. 1671. Hit us up. Feel free to go ahead and do do so. 877 867 1670. And if you want to give us a shout, feel free. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. Uh, I want to remind you coming up, we've got a uh, motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. And if you're on uh, the Bud Light Live Screen sc- stream, scan the QR code. You can get registered right there for it. Got some great prizes only for those of you who pre-register. Got to say thanks again to our great sponsors, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, Bud Light, MKE Brewing, Growth Law Firm as well, protecting bikers' rights for a long, long time and their biker themselves. Also the Rock Complex, Knuckleheads, and Alpine Valley. We got some great announcements coming up hopefully this week regarding all of that as well as this thing continues to get bigger and better. Really, really, really looking forward to it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Welcome
0: back. Glad to have you, the Bill Michaels Show. We keep uh, keep on going. How are we looking? Good stuff. Uh, this one's from Mark who says, uh, the finals are set, but who really cares? If the Bucks aren't in it, I'm not watching. The NBA is not my cup of tea. Go Brewers. Um, we do have the final set, the Celtics, who we thought when they beat the Bucks would dispose of the heat. Now, it took them seven games to do so. Uh, and I don't know how much Tyler Hero not being in that series dictated the outcome because Jimmy Butler when I when this thing went back to Boston and remember Ben last week I said you know what I'm not I can't I can't sit here and put a lot of money on Boston because the 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 away team has been winning games pretty much throughout and and I really thought that Boston would probably close it out but I said I wouldn't bet more than 5 bucks on it the way the series has gone and then, sure enough, it looked like the Miami Heat, because Jimmy Butler went off in Game 6, and then the Miami Heat looked like they didn't even show up in Game 7. And uh, and now you've got the Celtics, which the, the Celtics have numerous championships. They are an East Coast team. They bring the big market. You know, if, if the NBA had its druthers, they probably wanted the Celtics to get back into this thing, one of those, quote, blue-blood teams. Uh, there's founding teams of the NBA to get one of those back in. And now you've got them and the very likable Steph Curry and the golden state warriors and such, uh, to be And that's going to be, you talk about uh, road trip. That's a lot of travel. When you talk about having to go that far, one end of the, one end of the country to the next. So golden state and the Celtics in it, but will you be watching now, Ben, does this raise a lot of interest on your part? I watch. I mean, sports are sports. I I usually tune into the
1: finals, and I do like watching the Warriors play. And one of my good friends here is from that area, so I'll be watching with him.
0: I um, I, now um, uh, when you say one of your good friends, now are you talking about a Celtics fan, Warriors, Warriors fan? He's from the Bay Area. Okay. Well, there you go. I you know I like Steph Curry I like what they, the way they kind of go about their business. Uh, they're flashy, they're a little showboaty, but they're fun. They're not arrogant. They're not you know, they're not they're not that group that you just all of a sudden grow to dislike. They're they're a very likable bunch. The Celtics with all of their flopping and all of their antics, they have become a, a group uh, of players that I just I can't get behind. Uh, and it's t- it's tough because Kristen is a Celtics fan. But I I can't get behind it. It's now it, there's angst in the house. We'll say because it's like no I'm I'm one hundred percent rooting against you at this point. I I've said all along though I thought whoever would face the Warriors the Warriors the only way the Warriors would have had their hands full had it been that the Bucks would have been there because then the Bucs have such a strong inside game but the Bucks would have had so much trouble with the Warriors because the Warriors are so good on the outside. And the Bucs didn't defend the outside extremely well. So I thought it would have been a really interesting matchup to see who ends up prevailing. Usually, though, threes outweigh twos, and therefore most likely you would have figured Golden State would have had the advantage. I still think so in this particular case as well, regardless of whether or not Tatum and company are on the the tour, so to speak, the 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 ability to to you know putting on the you know redemption tour. I just think with all the flopping and all the, all the crying and all the screaming and Marcus Smart and company, I, just, I can't get behind it. I just can't. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Max says, uh, hey, Bill, driving up to Pembine, what did it cost you? I don't – not that I want to get into gas prices because it's just the political hot potato right now. We know inflation's here. Everybody's I, – I found that one of the dumbest things ever was this morning Um, that the, uh, one of the news anchors, it was talking about meat prices and it's due to inflation. She actually said that it's due to inflation. And I thought you can't make more of an obvious statement. That's like looking at somebody standing on a street corner and go, they're alive because they're breathing. It's like you you got to be a moron to say that, duh, but it's all because of the gas prices. everything is connected to the gas prices. I've got a friend of mine who's a farmer here in the area, and what used to cost him about five six hundred bucks is now seven thousand bucks for this for this type of fertilizer they use and he was telling me he's like bill farms are just closing up where the sustainability is going to be corporate farms or, or governmental farms for the sustainability of, of, you know, us because the farmer can't do it anymore. They, they, you, you priced them out of the market. And so for all of this to be happening, we understand why it's, it's gas prices. So for me to sit here and ache and bitch and moan about gas prices, all I'm doing is jumping into the pool with the rest of you because it's ridiculous. It's crazy, but yeah, it, uh, I, I have never filled my car up for more than forty dollars ever, and it cost me eighty four dollars to fill my car up, and I almost fell over when I saw the final when I fall, saw the final tally, so I get it. Uh, that's why I'm driving a motorcycle a lot more. You're probably going to see a lot more of those on the roadways. You got to start doing what I do at the pump. No that? matter what, every single time I go,
1: I put forty dollars in. And however much gas it gets me, that's how much gas it gets me. But I always spend $40.
0: And I'm convinced
1: it saves me money.
0: Uh, I have gotten to the point where if I don't, what I've tried to do is do trips that are um, non-repetitive. So I'm not going to go out to the west and then back to the east and then back out to the west and back to the east. I will go and do a circle which seems to be a little time-saving and mileage-saving. Uh, but for the most part, I'm I'm driving the motorcycle. The motorcycle gets 45 miles of the gallon, I and mean, that's the best I can do. And this whole thing about all of a sudden, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but this whole thing about suddenly we're going to be without any gasoline cars at all uh, come 2026, I, I think whoever... Put that out there—absolutely positively smoking rope. It's one thing to effort towards alternative fuels, but I, I think you're smoking rope if you just think all of a sudden you're going to cut off the world and watch the world just toil away and and because you first of all electric cars are expensive; they're not cheap. The average person can't go buy an electric car, you know, with with average income. And I, so I don't know what the hell direction things are going, but I agree with many of you. It's like if I sat here and bitched about gas you know it's i'm i'm peeing into a fan because everybody's complaining about it it's what you do about it you know that type of thing i guess uh so yeah it cost a little bit more to go up and back but i i tell you one thing i was driving uh not necessarily the speed limit but i was being very careful uh i was on and off of gas i you know i i conserved i got probably the best gas mileage i ever have out of my car I was getting about 27 miles a gallon so I was I was happy with that. Uh 8778671670 8778671670. Uh Mark says, "Do you ever talk any professional fishing?" Mark, not really. Not really. It is uh, it is not the level of mainstream that you might think it is. Uh don't get me wrong. I love to fish. There is nothing better than an evening as the sun is about to set. You've got a still, you know, body of water, whether it's a farm pond or a small lake or a large lake, where it's still in its flat, and you cast that perfect cast near the shoreline. You run a jitterbug back towards the boat, only to hear that attack, that whoosh, and you know you got something, whatever it happens to be. Preferably for me, it would be a bass. And then to bring it in and have it anywhere from three to seven pound. More would be like icing on the cake. But then to get that get that rush and to be able to bring it in and fight it to bring it in is fantastic. I agree. But it is not the mainstream of talking sports. More people care more about whether or not Aaron Rodgers would pull a hammy tomorrow in the match than they would be if I reeled in a four-pound bass on whatever lake it happens to be and yanked it out of the cattails and I had to eventually go in and get it because it put up such a fight. No one would care. <laughs> Just saying. 877 867 Hit us up. Do it! we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Welcome back. Hey, our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson remind you a good weekend. They had a great day for the honor ride on Saturday. A really good turnout. And thanks to everybody that showed up at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. And uh, thanks to everybody that uh, went on the honor ride. It means so much. Uh, They went down to the War Memorial and back over there for part of the uh, ceremony. And, uh, it was just a lot, a lot of great people, uh, that, that were out there this past weekend. Uh, I got a really nice, uh, email from Marty who, uh, who talked about the service. He, uh, ended up meeting Craig Winger, the general manager out there. Said, what a great guy. And uh, the people out there treated him extremely well. He said he'll definitely be back, and he wants to be a part of our motorcycle ride coming up this year that actually ends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. So, uh, Marty, thank you for the email. Thanks to all of you who showed up. Uh, and uh, don't forget, uh, a, a large plethora of inventory uh, out there, bikes, motor clothes, parts, accessories, and such. Go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. Again, WISHD.com for all that they have to offer. That's Wisconsin Harley Davidson in Oconomowoc. Between Milwaukee and Madison, uh, right there off the highway. You can't miss it. Uh, right next to the brand new Dockhound Stadium as well. Stop in and tell everybody we said hi. And I'll probably see you out there a little bit later on today, as a matter of fact. i got to swing in and do a couple things there. Um, uh, Gelba says Vikings fans are the worst. Years ago, we were at a Giants Vikings game. My son was five or six wearing his uncle's jersey. And played for the Giants at the time. A couple of asshats started harassing him in the bathroom. Tough guys picking on a small kid. That's just awful. Especially in the bathroom. It's like, come on, man. Of all the places to start something, it's in the bathroom, really? You know, come on. You know? Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, Greg says he was asking about professional fishing, fishing, not some guy hooking a bass. Come on, Bill. But isn't that what it is? Isn't most professional fishing, isn't that for bass tournaments? Correct me if I'm wrong. Greg, am I wrong? Ben, have you ever sat down with anybody in the history of you and talk professional bass fishing?
1: I'm going to get myself in trouble if I start talking about my thoughts on fishing. Go ahead. I just, I don't know. You you don't fish is what you're saying. I have fished and I've enjoyed it. But the watching on TV, it's not my thing.
0: Now, I have paid attention to like John Gillespie in the great Midwest or Midwest Outdoors or whatever it is. And I go back to the days of Al Linder. And watching that, and then doing the lures, and then taking them with me, buying them for my tackle box. and and But I, as far as sitting down and watching professional bass fishing, no. Now, the only time I've ever watched it, I'll be honest, is if, say, I went to a particular sports bar and it was on. Or I was watching a baseball game and the game ended and they never changed the channel, which pisses me off at sports bars to no end. And they just let it roll to whatever it is, and then that's what comes on. And then I'll sit back and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll watch a little bit of that. But most of the time, it's not the professional fishing. It's like the you know, Midwest Outdoors or whatever the hell they want to call it. So I don't sit there and, and, and watch professional fishing. I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. I could not tell you. I could not name one professional fisherman. Not one. Rick, Bill Dance Outdoors, Bill Dance Outdoors, uh, wearing the Tennessee hat from years gone by, Bill Dance Outdoors. That was, I watched that show, too, with my dad when I was a kid. But beyond that, no, I didn't, I I wasn't watching professional fishing. And and some of it, cra- the, the stuff that I see cracks me up. You know, it's usually where they're, like, pulling and pulling, and they yank this fish, like, yank it out of the water. You know, and it's in the boat and flopping around. And they pull, hold it up and it goes in the goes in the live well. Okay, great. But then when you're watching a fishing show, they're like, you know, they got the they got the um, the tension, the drag set really light. You know, you got like a one pound bass in there, and they're swinging it back and forth like it's dragging them all over the boat, like they've hooked Moby Dick. Oh my God! And then they finally have to net it, and, you know, and it's a can of tuna. You know, oh man, I I just. Never sat down and watched professional. It wasn't a destination. Let's put it that way. Have I seen it? Yes. Was it a destination for me? No. Just an FYI. Like, I would call the TV product
1: boring, but I watch golf. So I don't think I have any place to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I was at a bar on Saturday. We watched. That's
0: true, though. That's a that's a great point. That's, you know, it's, yeah. Okay. Golf is kind of just. It it can golf can be boring to some people. I agree. No, I mean same with baseball.
1: A lot of my friends still think it is, which Mm -hmm. frustrates me. But I was at a bar on Saturday for the Champions League final, the soccer game, and I I also wanted them to put golf on one of the side TVs. There were a lot of TVs. They had cornhole and college rugby on, and they played it the entire day. They didn't touch it. It
0: it was the most unbelievable. College rugby, I could see cornhole. To watch it on TV, I would rather slam an appendage in a car door. If you know what I mean, I, I just I, I no, I I can't because it's it's cornhole is easier than bowling. These guys, I mean, every every toss, they're dropping it through the hole. Every toss, it's it's like watching bowling where it's a strike every time, and that's the norm. You know what I mean? So you talk about something that you don't there's certain things you don't want to watch on TV. Lacrosse? I'll watch. Lacrosse is rather interesting. So uh thank you Amy. I'll watch lacrosse. I don't mind that. I can't watch cornhole, can't watch professional fishing. Those are those are shows for the ojo. I don't want to watch something where I can compete with
1: the people I'm watching and I feel like I can in cornhole. Everything else I I have no chance.
0: Um Well, Jeff says they have. I don't understand. They have uh, a whole show on ATVs and UTVs on Valley Sports. I know. Well, it's it's it. But those are like infomercials for the power sports companies. Uh, Rick says tennis also boring. Oh, I like tennis. Tennis is it's a flavor. It's it's you you gotta like it or you don't. It it's it's a yeah. You know, if you're watching a big match, that's one thing. But yeah, it tennis has such limited action because it's usually a serve back forth, back forth, and done. It's it's not like some long, extended, you know, back and forth, so to speak. I, I just I, I can't describe it. It it just is what it is. Uh, cricket, cricket is another one. You c- you got to understand the rules to it, but because we don't. It's not as popular here but cricket is cricket is it, it does have its coolness factor to it. Uh and what else is this one this is from Kyle who says what about watching pool? I used to watch pool on ESPN late at night. Um I yeah, I was never I liked watching pool. I'd have it on in the background because I had a pool table. But I never sat down to go, "Oh my god, the big pool matches on." The only one I could ever tell you about, you know, there was a couple of really good pool players years gone by, but uh, the last one I remember was the female, the Black Widow. I don't even know what her real name was. But beyond that, that's it. Uh, Drew says, I used to watch pool hoping hoping that the girls were really hot and they would bend over the pool table. Thank you very much, Drew. You, You just brought a bad segment into the gutter even lower. I appreciate that. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. (laughs) The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.